There's a saying that you may have heard which goes along the lines of all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. And we all get what that saying means. We all understand it. But why don't we do things differently? Why do we find ourselves working long hours and having that inner feeling that we need to be working in order to be productive or in order to be successful? Now, don't get me wrong, not everyone has that feeling, but in my experience of all the business owners I've worked with, the vast majority of business owners feel the same. They feel that it's not right to be doing nothing. It's not right to be doing things that might seem like playtime to others and that they should be working all the time, being at their desk or to be seen to be working. And then when they do things that are fun or what others might consider not to be working, they feel guilty about doing them. Or when they decide to take a few days off work or they decide not to be in the office for a few hours because they want to do something for themselves, they feel embarrassed when they return to the office and wonder what their management team or what their staff might think. And if they've no staff, they worry about what their partner or their spouse might think. And when things get challenging and difficult in their business, they work even more, which sometimes is actually the last thing that they should be doing. And so they get into a cycle of not doing the things that they would love to be doing and which isn't work related. So they find themselves working more and more hours. And before you know it, it's all work and no play. And Jack ends up being a very, very dull boy or Jane ends up being a very, very dull girl for that matter. So what happens when we don't bring in what I call me time? Where we allow time for ourselves to do the things that we enjoy doing, whether it be going to the gym, walking on the beach or playing golf, activities that are just for you. That's me time. Well, we've all heard about finding a work-life balance and this is where that saying comes into play. And especially now when so many people are working from home, that division between work and play or work and home can be impossible. But if we don't have me time, not only do we end up being dull, but we also end up being more anxious and more stressed. And some will go as far as being burnt out or depressed. Now, I want to make a distinction here. When you're doing something that you absolutely love and it's in line with your genius drivers, then it's not work and it certainly doesn't feel like work. So trying to find a work-life balance becomes less relevant. But for the vast majority of people, they're not doing what they 100% love doing and they're certainly not doing work in line with their genius drivers. And therefore it's going to feel like work to them. And they can't wait until the weekend comes so they can do other things that they actually really enjoy doing. And even if you do enjoy the majority of the work that you do, you can still have that same feeling of feeling guilty about taking some time off for yourself or taking some me time. And apart from becoming more stressed and more anxious, we're also not giving ourselves time out and allowing our conscious thinking to switch off. We think that by working on a problem or by keeping doing activities that appear like work, that we'll somehow get to where we want to get to. But actually, that's the longest route you can take to where you want to get to. And if you've listened to my earlier episodes, you'll know why. So what's going on? Why do we behave in that way? Why do we feel that we have to be working all the time and that we feel guilty when we take some me time? Well, it's a belief that we've grown up with. And I say that as a recovered workaholic. You see, when you or I were growing up in our early years, that's when we learned our beliefs, not just about work, but about every aspect of our life. So in the formative years up to, say, seven or eight, the beliefs of others were imprinted onto us. And then from eight years of age onwards, that belief was reinforced and made solid. So let me paint my own life for you because you'll be able to see yourself in it. When I was growing up as a kid, there was very little playtime. I mean, minuscule amount of playtime. Being one of seven brothers and with no sisters, you can imagine the amount of work and turmoil that was in the house that my mum had to deal with. So there was a lot to be done. And any time one of us sat down on the couch, we were told to do something. 
And every day that dad came home from work, he also had work to do. And on Saturdays, there was also loads more work to be done. Whereas on Sundays, it was a rest day. And when friends would call her into the house and want to go to play, the answer was nearly always no from my mum and they were told that I had to do homework or I had to do study. Now remember, you're going back to a time where there's no mobile phones and there's no iPads. Then when I got to age 12, that was when I got my first paid job as an assistant in a butcher shop. And before then, I was doing odd jobs for neighbours. And even when we started working and throughout the early years of our career, we were told by our parents that when we were in work, that we were to keep ourselves busy. I'm sure you've heard people say that even if you didn't feel like working or you didn't have much to do, you had to make yourself look like you were busy. And also when we heard about our neighbours and relatives that got promotions in their jobs, it was a discussion about putting your nose to the grindstone or putting your head down and working hard. And in that way, we too would get our promotions and be successful. You see, this life isn't too dissimilar to many others that were growing up. And I'm sure you can relate to some, if not all, of what I described. But here's the thing. What we observed when we were growing up was that in order to be successful, you had to work hard. And in order to be seen as being valuable or to be seen as being productive, we needed to be doing something to be working, not to be sitting on the couch. And when we were sitting on the couch just watching TV while others were working around us, whether it be our mum or our dad or one of our other brothers, the fingers would be pointed. One finger at the person that was working and the other finger at the person that was just sitting on the couch doing nothing. So what we saw and what we heard reinforced a belief that in order to be successful, you had to work hard. And the more work that we did, then the more successful you'd be. And if you weren't working while other people around you were working, then you'd be made feel guilty for doing nothing. It's a great belief to have, isn't it? But it's the wrong one entirely. Now, you can also have the situation where you can have people growing up in the same house and being exposed to the same imprints, but you can take on a different belief. It's all down to how we perceive what we're being exposed to, as I mentioned on an earlier episode. So you can have the example that I just described about my own life growing up, where instead of taking on the belief that you have to work hard and by keeping working and by doing more work, you'll be successful. You can also have the opposite belief that when you observe others working hard, you choose to do the opposite. And therefore, any time you see someone doing something, you choose the opposite. So then your belief to do the opposite is reinforced. So in this case, instead of taking on the belief of working hard to be successful, when you see and hear that belief, you choose the opposite. Therefore, you end up having more of what people would describe as being a carefree attitude to life or somebody that doesn't work hard. In our case at home, nobody took on that belief. We all ended up working hard in our careers. That was until I woke up to a completely different way of achieving what I wanted. So now you know how we can all develop a belief and how it can lead us to having negative feelings if we're not living according to that belief. In this case, it's the belief of having to work hard and to be working as much as possible and to be seen to be working and to feel guilty if you're not working. And now you can see how we might feel when we take some me time for ourselves. And when you see other people taking it easy, so to speak, you feel they're being lazy. That's how beliefs are formed and that's how they can impact us and how powerful they are. So if you take your beliefs around your work or your business or your beliefs around money or relationships or any area of your life, you can start to see what your beliefs are. And here's the thing, because it's a belief, it's your belief. You absolutely believe it to be true. So you're going to go throughout your whole life living according to your beliefs, even though they might not be correct beliefs in the first place. To you, the belief is correct. But until such times you examine them, you'll find that they're not actually right. Until such times you find the evidence for yourself, 
then you're going to continue believing what you've always believed. And you remember what I discussed on the previous episode, that in order to get anything in your life in an easier way or to bring about something that you want, it too comes down to your beliefs. If you believe you have to work hard to be successful, then that's what you're going to do. Equally, if you believe it can be achieved or obtained, then it will come about. If you don't believe you're going to get what you want, then it won't come about. That's why beliefs are so important. Beliefs work in both ways. And that's just on a micro level. Now considered on a macro level, all the beliefs that we've been taught from society, from religious orders, from politicians, from our banks, from media, from what we see and hear and observe other people in in other countries, they too are beliefs that we've been imprinted on ourselves. It's not until such times we find the evidence for ourselves that you begin to alter your beliefs. So you can take it on a personal micro level or you can take it on the macro level. But your beliefs are your map of the world. The question is, is it the right map to have? And then the next question becomes, well, what is real? What is true? And that's like looking through a small gap in a doorway to a whole new amazing world. And believe me, excuse the pun, that's a whole different conversation altogether. So what can you do about it? What can you do about your beliefs? Because it's so important. Well, the first thing is to realize and understand beliefs, which is what I've just gone through. Then the next thing is to start making a list of what it is that you believe. And you can make that list in any aspect of your life. Now, most of my clients will do it around their business or around money. And when you have the list, then it's recognizing it and how it shows up in your life. So in the example I gave earlier on, your belief might be that you have to work hard to be successful or you have to be seen to be working or you'll feel guilty if you take any me time. That's the belief you're identifying. And even though you might say to yourself, but I don't have to work hard to be successful, yet you find yourself feeling uncomfortable when you're not working hard or you're working all the time, then you know you still have the belief around it. In other words, you might say one thing, but yet you feel and act differently. In other words, your thoughts, your actions and your feelings are not congruent. So the first step is to understand beliefs. The next step is to start identifying your beliefs. And when you've done that, then it's asking yourself whether the belief is working for you or whether it's not working for you. Are you happy with how your life is by having that belief? You see, we can have beliefs that are absolutely of benefit for us, but then there's others that won't be. And also be conscious that we can have a belief that serves us in one area of our life, but it actually negatively impacts another area of our life. So it's about making sure your genius pendulum is in equilibrium. So once you've identified the beliefs that don't serve you, then you can need to go through a process to dissolve those beliefs. Now, once at such times you dissolve the belief, it's going to keep running your life. And if there are beliefs that you want to dissolve, then by all means get in touch with me and I can bring you through the process to dissolve them. Now, take the example earlier where the belief is that you have to work hard to be successful. Is that the right belief to have? Absolutely not. There's absolutely a much easier and effortless way to get what you want without working all the hours God sends. And it's not about working smarter or more efficiently. You first of all have to dissolve the belief. Then you have to know and understand what I call your genius drivers and your genius role. And that way you'll begin to fast track what it is that you want to achieve. Not just when it comes to work, but in each and every aspect of your life. Remember, your beliefs control everything in your life. It's the gap between what your life is now and what you want your life to be like. So until next time, I wish you every success.